Hey folks, I'm so glad you decided to tune in again today for another faith-filled message brought to you by the partners of the Peckville Assembly of God. We could not do it without you. We're getting this gospel message out as fast as we can on as many networks and voices as we can to help empower people by the power of Jesus Christ. We could not do it without your faithful partnership. You do me a favor and let people know about our broadcast. Help us uh, either by word of mouth or sharing it with them on Facebook, whatever it might be. We truly appreciate all of our partners. We pray for you each and every day. Hey, drop us a line sometime. We'd love to hear from you. Stay tuned. We're coming live at you with the Word right now. John chapter 14. I want to talk about what this person of the Holy Spirit is like. How many know he's a person? It's not an it, it's a he. It's, he's a person. He has a personality. And you need to get to know him better, right? And so uh, most theologians, while you're turning to John 14, I want to say, including myself, agree that John 14, John 15, John 16, and John 17 are a conversation because mainly you'll notice the words are in red. They're the words of Jesus that Jesus was speaking to the disciples on the night in which he was betrayed. He ends up by praying the high priestly prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. If you go to the Holy Lands with us in February 10th, there's still time. Uh, we've got a nice group growing. You'll, see, you'll go to the Garden of Gethsemane. It's one of the stops. We'll have communion there. But where Jesus prayed, John 17. What is John 17? Where he's, he was a prayer of unity. He said, Father, not my will, but thy will be done. He said, watch this, that they would be as one, meaning the body of Christ, as you and I are one. Amen? How many know the Father and the Son are one? And the Holy Spirit. And so, and yet he starts that by John 14, because look, there was no numbers, chapters, and verses in the Word up until about 400 years ago. So it used to be just one great big book of John. But what he was saying was, he said, let not what? Your hearts be troubled. Why do you think he said that? Because he knew that he was about to undergo the, the suffering, the humiliation, what they call now the passion of the Christ, you know, all of that. And so he was explaining to the disciples, loved ones, that we should not be worried or ever often fear and, uh, and so today I want to talk to you about the person of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus, he says over and over, I'm going to send someone else. So let's look at it. John 14, 16. Are you ready? He said, and I will pray to the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because neither, it neither sees him nor knows him. How many know the world does not see him or know the Holy Spirit? But you know him. How many of you know the Holy Spirit? Okay. If not, we'll introduce you today. Amen. For he dwells with you and will be, see it's futuristic, will be in you. Now look down to verse 25 of John's gospel, the 14th chapter. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but, everybody say but, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things. How many of you want to learn more about your life, about major decisions, all those things, of course? And bring to your remembrance all the things that I said to you. If you go to John 15, 26, there's a couple more verses here. Here's this word again. He said, but, but when the helper comes, how many of you like to have a helper? All right. When our kids were little, we used to sing, it's fun to be a helper, a helper. Oh, sorry, sorry. Anyway, <laughs> how many of you like to have a helper? 
I was with a guy yesterday, and we we're building something, and we went and picked up all these big carrying timbers early in the morning, about 7 o'clock at Home Depot. We got these big 6 by 6 I'm so excited. I want to build this thing, you know, and, and it's great big 12-foot 6 by 6s and then he's got these, we had these big plates, you know, plates, not like dinner plate, you know, um, but uh, like uh, 2 by 12s by 16s. I mean, they're big, loaded up this, these trucks, and we got them, and he said to me, now, we're going to start Monday morning, but I'm going to need a helper. Because how many know he couldn't do it by himself? And if he tried, he might be able to do okay, but it would be a real struggle. It's the same way with God. How many know God wants to help you? Okay, so we'll keep reading. So it says, um, when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father will testify of me. Let me say this to you. The Holy Spirit always points to Jesus. He'll always draw us closer to Jesus. Amen? John 16, 7 couple more. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I leave you. And most of us would never think that way. But he was trying to teach them something. He was about to leave. He was about to be crucified. He was about to bodily resurrect and then to ascend into the heavens. And he said, for if I do not go away, the helper, there's that word, the fourth time we see it now, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, he will. And I'll give you this last, John 16, 12 and 13. I still have many things to say to you in this conversation in the upper room. But you cannot bear them now. How many know there was a lot for them to bear that Jesus knew what he was about to go through? He knew about the nails. He knew about the crown. He knew about the sword in his side. That all humanity, you, me, all of us would turn our back on him. And he didn't want to prophesy that to unfold the mysteries of the kingdom at that point because they weren't able to what to handle it or in this word to bear all that stuff and so he says that however verse 13 john chapter 16 however when he the spirit of truth who has come will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority but whatever he hears he will speak and he will tell you things to come let's pray our gracious heavenly father we acknowledge your presence here today, Lord, and that you desire to do amazing wonders in all of our lives. I thank you for the testimonies, Lord. I thank you for the changed lives. But God, I pray today that we would be dialed in as a congregation to hear and to listen and act upon the leading of the still small voice of the Holy Spirit. Speak to our hearts, Lord. Change our lives. In your presence, we pray in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. The word in the Greek there, I won't get too, uh, too deep here with some of these words. Uh, it's, been, it's been parakletos, actually parakletos, that's actually the proper pronunciation. Paraklete means a person that would come alongside, thus meaning a helper. Everybody say helper. So the Holy Spirit is our helper. Can you say amen? amen. And I want to just tell you a couple things about him. Actually, that's my first point. The Holy Spirit is my helper. He helps us. And there's a lot of words. There's another word, uh, advocate, in the King James. Um, you know, the old King James. How many of you grew up on the old King James? He's our intercessor. How many know, here's, my, here's a word I want to talk to you about for a minute. He's our comforter. How many of you ever called the Holy Spirit the comforter? Amen? Now, how many of you have a comforter? In our home, there's this thing that we put on our bed in northeast Pennsylvania. 
Can you handle this already? I was thinking about this this, this morning. It's called a what? How many of you like a comfortable? How many like to be comfortable, I should say? My wife and I, when we got married, John, <laughs> we had nothing. I mean, we were, we were. We lived in a trailer and even had like old used furniture. You know, how many remember when you first started out? I mean, we've been married. We've been blessed, folks, over 30 years. God's been good to us. Amen? He's been good to this old boy. The Bible says God will move you. You know this. Come on. From faith to faith and what? Glory to glory. That means the blessing of the Lord will, will function in all kinds of ways. How many of you believe and receive that for your life? Uh, and promotion does not come from the east or the west or from man, but it comes from the Lord himself. Amen? But I remember when I started out. How do you remember when you first started out? We were first married. We lived in a trailer. I was telling a, a preacher friend of mine this the other day, and he said, Oh, pastor, he said, you better not say trailer. Some people might get offended by that. I said, jeepers, you know, it's cotton pay. Is that anything people don't get offended by today? Yeah. I said, I know what you mean. It's a mobile home. He goes, no, 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 no. It's called manufactured home. Okay, let me mark that down. Another thing to keep track of is somebody might get offended over. Folks, I just can't, I can't walk on eggshells. I'm sorry. I'll call it manufactured home if it helps you, but for me, we lived in a trailer. <laughs> I mean, and it was an old trailer, wasn't it, honey? I'm telling the truth. It was a 60s trailer that used to belong to our grandparents, and we put it out in the country, and, and my wife said, you know, we'll hook it up there, and my father-in-law and I was in the early service. We dug the septic system and all that stuff, and it was beautiful because we saw the deer, and we lived... Raised our family there. Eventually, we built a house, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, God's been good to us. But I remember living in that trailer, and we just didn't have a lot. I mean, it, even the furniture came with it. You know, the couch, I remember her, she literally, it was like, how I many, it was cheap furniture. Like, she could pick the couch up and vacuum with the same hand like that, you know. <laughs> just telling the truth. And she said to me one day, she said, you think we could buy a comforter? Ours was shot. It, it, was, it was a holy comforter, if you know what I mean. I mean, your toes stick out, you know, and it was all thin. It was wore out, man. It was, you know, things, the, the fabric only lasted. They get beat down by the washing machine over decades, okay? And, uh, and so I said, sure, we can get a comforter. And I regretted that decision later when I found out what it cost, amen? <laughs> so I came home one day, and she said, you've got to see the comforter. So we went back to the bedroom, and I was like, wow, we had this queen-size battlefield, I mean bed. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Queen size bed. And uh, it was just so beautiful, this comforter. And it was like, you know, thick and fluffy. And I was like, oh, gosh, I, I can't wait to, to sleep with that comforter. You know, especially in the winter. You, you feel what I'm saying here. You know, it's cold. I mean, there's three foot of snow on the ground out in the country. I mean, it's even too cold for the deer to come out. Amen? And, uh, and so, I mean, my wife was pregnant. She was carrying Dylan, our middle son. And Tyler was just, I don't know, how old was Tyler when we were living there? Six months? Nine months old, nine months old. And uh, yeah, and she just like she's rocking my grandson over there. It just brings back these memories. <laughs> and so while that night she made a nice meal, and we probably watched TV or something, you know, we had like one channel because we had to like turn the antenna up there. We got channel 12 out of Binghamton. I'm not even kidding you. I remember we first moved to the country. I'm, I'm from here. I'm from town. I want to phone in a pizza. She's like, okay. I should put her coat on. I said, where are you going? She said, we're going to get the pizza. I said, no, I want to get it delivered. She said, they don't deliver here. This is like Green Acres. I mean, we had a private road. We're back in there almost a mile off the, you know. Anyway, well, I said all that. We, you know, we're just starting out. Young family. She's carrying Dylan. I mean, she's great with child. And, 
And she, the, the thermostat, we had two different thermostats built in. Are you hearing what I'm saying? She was always hot, and I had to sleep with a Steelers uh, cap on, a little quartz heater by my bed. But anyway, I couldn't wait to use that comforter. And so that night, we had a meal, and I was really, truthfully, not really thinking about the TV, I was thinking about putting that comforter over. Finally, it's time to get in bed. I put my pajamas on. I was brushing my teeth. Pastor Guy, I'm like, oh, this is going to be great, man. This is going to be just awesome. And watch this. Somebody stole our comforter. Now, you women know what I mean. Harry's like, really? And I, it's gone. And the old one was back in the bed. I was like, what happened? And so uh, I said, Where, where's the comforter? And she went like this, like that. You know, kind of roll. Yeah, how many know you women do that quite often? That, you know, a little, got the neck action there, a little bit of attitude. I said, well, where, where is it? Where, what happened? Somebody stole it? Did a vandal break in here, out here, you know, Tompkinsville? There's a big, you know, village of like 30 people. Where'd my comforter go? She goes, watch this. That's not for us to use. <laughs> what? We don't use that. And I found, you know, I stand corrected. Amen. I found out as time went on in our marriage, there were more things like that we had in our house but weren't allowed to touch and weren't allowed to use it. <laughs> I mean, anybody hear what I'm saying here? I mean, I, one time I got out of the shower. Can I just go with this for a minute? I got out of the shower one time, and I, I was just, I, there's a big, bulky, plump towel sitting there. I mean, I was like, wow, this is great. We got new towels in it. We, you know, we built a house, and it was a modular anyway. They took the wheels off it. You know, somebody said if your richest relative, you had to help them take the wheels off their home, you're probably not that wealthy. Amen? You might be a redneck. Anyway, it's an old song. Anyway, I, so I'm in there, and I get out of the shower, and I'll put this big towel around myself. And I'm like, oh, this is great. And all of a sudden, she comes in the bathroom and says to me, what are you doing? And I'm like, I, I don't know. Can I just be honest? Can we just have a moment, men? Women, when us guys say we don't know, we really don't know. I just don't know. I'm like, you know, I got out of the shower. I dry myself off. She goes, that towel is for our guest. I'm like, okay, I guess I should use paper towels or something. I don't know. You know I was naked and I need to get dried off. It's just for looks. It's just for looks. Can I tell you that the comforter of this book is not just for looks? He wants to envelop you. He wants to surround you with his glory and his power and his intellect and to lead you to deeper truths. That's what God gave me. Comforter has come. The Holy Ghost from heaven. I know it's back to church Sunday and I'm supposed to preach some kind of message and make you, but this is what God's been saying to me. Get the comforter out of the clock. Get it off the Start to use what God's given you. The Holy Spirit, he's my helper. He wants to help you. He wants to help you on your job. He wants to help you in your marriage. He wants to help you raising kids and grandbabies and investments and whatever else. He wants to help you, but you've got to let him in. you got to let him in. you got to use him. you got to use him. Amen? 
I thank God for the Holy Ghost. And I want to say this to the second point. This is real simple today, folks. It's down home, it's straight down the middle here. The Holy Spirit's also my friend. Yes. And by the way, there, good, they put it in parentheses. And he's not weird. <laughs> I, I, mean, I, I mean, I don't know about you. I grew up in a church where they used to call us holy rollers back in the day. I mean, grew up in a church like that. Yeah, I mean, you know, come on. You know, and we talk about John the Baptist, you know. You know, how many know that doesn't mean John was Baptist, okay? <laughs> oh, forget it, forget it, forget it. Some churches, the Holy Spirit, it's like people are afraid to talk about him because they think he's some kind of weird thing. Let me tell you, God is not weird. Now, people, that's another story. Some people are just weird. Do you ever meet any weirdo like, and it's like they give God a bad name. You ever meet anybody like that? I mean, listen, folks, they're weird without the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? I am anti-weird. I've I grown up as a preacher's kid. Trust me. I've sat under every type of ministry you can have coming down the gospel highway. And here's what I know. God is not a weird God. And Jesus baptizes us into the Holy Spirit, man. He indwells in us. He's not into spiritual weirdos. He's into real men and real women that recognize their help and their need of a Savior. And the empowerment that comes from the precious Holy Spirit. Can you say praise God? He says the comforter has come. He's come. He said, I must go away. And the truth is, most Christians don't believe that because, listen, if Jesus said, with 7 billion people on planet Earth now and the population explosion today in which we're living, the day and age, we think it's better that Jesus stays. But no, Jesus was only one person. Watch this. Anointed by God. So when Jesus walked around on planet Earth 2,000 years ago, you would have had to get in a massive throng of people to get him to pray for you, like the woman with the issue of blood. But when he died on the cross, watch this, when he died on that tree and he shed his blood for you and me, and he said, tetelestai, paid in full, it is finished. The Bible said that great darkness overtook the earth. The Bible said that the rocks began to shake. There was a great earthquake that was happening and great darkness overtook because God the Father, watch this, loved ones, could not look at his son any longer. He had to literally turn his back on the Holy Trinity. It was a splitting of the Trinity. Why? Because he could not look at the sins of you and of me and of all humanity that Christ took upon himself. He is our great high priest. Up until that time, we had to put our faith and our confidence and our hope and even our prayer life in mere mortal men, priests. And they would go into a place called the Holy of Holies after a sanctification process, a, a misbath of sorts. And I don't know what I'm talking about here. I, I, you know, understand what I'm saying. They would go into a place with bells on their garment and they would keep a rope around their ankle and they would go in there and make an atonement for the sins of the people. Until Jesus. Until Jesus. Now, when Jesus died on the cross, the veil of the temple was torn from the top to the bottom as thick as a man's wrist, the scripture tells us. And now giving us signifying direct access to Abba Father by the shed blood of the Lamb. Can you say praise God? And when he went down into the, the great abyss, he grabbed the keys of death, hell, 
and the grave. Can you imagine the demons and the imps having a party saying, oh, we crucified him. And, and they were probably, you know, jamming out to demonic music and, and, and having a demonic festivities and a party. And all of a sudden they seen somebody light coming in and it was Jesus Christ coming back. And he snatched forth the keys. And he came out of that grave on the third day, victorious, conquering death, hell, and the grave for you and for me. And for 40 days after that, am I preaching the gospel? For 40 days after that, he walked around bodily. Thousands of eyewitnesses, people, documentations far outside your Bible. People like Josephus, the, the great Jewish historian that eyewitnessed Christ in the flesh. You go to the Holy Lands where Hannah just came back and you see all those places that are in your Bible. They just solidify. They just back up. Geography backs up the, the life of the miracles of Christ. Archaeology backs it up. Science backs up the life of Christ. Amen? And he said, I must go now after 40 days. I must go. But I will send another one to be your helper. The Holy Spirit is my helper. He's my friend. A good friend of mine, Lyndall Cooley, wrote a song a few years ago. We used to sing it here about having a friend in Jesus. And he said, Jesus, you're more than a friend. Jesus, you're more than my heart could ever express. Your love and your grace never fail me. Your merciful touch always heals me. You're more than a friend. How many know he's our friend? The Bible said he's a, he's a friend that'll stick closer than any brother ever would. He'll never leave you. People will leave you, but God never will leave you. Aren't you thankful for that? People will walk out on you. God will never walk out. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll be with you until the very end of the age. Amen? So the Holy Spirit is powerful, folks. And Jesus was saying that this person of the Holy Spirit is going to comfort you, he's going to help you, he's going to walk with you, he's going to talk with you. He's going to give you the wisdom and the intellect. Listen, let me say this to you in the most loving way I know. How. I know educated people, not everybody. I'm saying I know some educated people that are not intellectual people. And I know intellectual people that are not educated at all. The difference is the Holy Spirit. I said the difference is the Holy Spirit. He's not weird. He's not some weird thing. And here's what happened. Let me just give you a little bit of church history, okay? After the canonization of Scripture, after the book of Acts and the first church was started and born of fire. By the way, come on Wednesday nights. We're going through chapter and verse of the Bible. Going through the book of Acts right now. After all that, there were, historically, there were revivals that took place. The revivals that took place in Wales, there, in England, in this country, the Great Awakenings, John, the Wesley brothers, John and Charles, the great fiery revivalists, many of the Methodist church. Anybody grew up Methodist here, your background? Linda, yep, some of you, Rosemary, some of you grew up Methodist. They dot the landscape of this great country because they were birthed and built out of a revival, sweeping revivals from the Wesley brothers. John the preacher rode over 100,000 miles on horseback. Charles, his brother, wrote under over 250 hymns of the songs of the faith. Amen? And so in 1906, there was a revival that started in 312 Azusa Street, Los Angeles, California, by a one-eyed black preacher who was named William Seymour. 
And the Bible and, and, and history tells us, folks, trust me, I know this. I'm, I, I, don't get me started on church history. We'll be here till like 4.30 and we're just starting to get into to the introduction, okay? <laughs> Azusa Street. Three and a half year revival. And, and, and hell fought that revival. How many know the devil always fight the moving of God? I mean, he's a defeated foe, but he'll always still try to come in and get people's eyes off of God. And the only reason revivals end, even in the Bible, is because people take their eyes off of God and they start looking at each other. And so, what happened was, if you do the, this is what I learned this week, the research, five and a half, watch this, five and a half million people were touched by the revival in in the, from 1906 to 1909, the Azusa Street Revival, the Assemblies of God, over 200 Pentecostal movements around the world find their roots at 312 Azusa Street. Can you say amen? But what the devil tried to do, because he knew he couldn't stop it, was to get people to think that it was some kind of a weird thing and to think that it was only about tongues. And so, and so today, people are afraid. Oh, they don't say speak in tongues in that church, you know. Yeah, we speak in lots of tongues, you know. Filipino... Portuguese, amen? <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? Okay, so we receive more by the Holy Spirit than just tongues. We receive what's called the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I feel like I'm preaching a foreign language to some of you, like you never heard this. You know why? Because you probably came from a church where they don't allow God to have his way. And I want to tell you, if you're in a place where God is not allowed to move, I would get out of there and run, baby, run. Because man can do nothing for you. God can do everything for you. Amen. Praise God. And this is why, listen, this is why we need to be led by the Holy Spirit. And so what, what Satan did was he got people, not everybody, obviously five and a half million people from the inception and growing. The Assemblies of God is 66 million people around the world today. The largest and fastest growing movement on the face of the earth. You ought to thank God for that. Only a fool would kick against that. It represents the kingdom of God. And so listen, the Bible tells us that the natural man, I don't have time to turn there. You can write this down, Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, chapter 12, chapter 14. Listen, the natural man cannot receive the things of the Spirit. Can I go a little deeper with you? You have ears to hear what the Holy Spirit's about to say to you. Now get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. The natural man cannot receive the things of the Spirit. Can't discern them. In fact, they're even foolishness to them. When I was a kid growing up in church, I mean, they called us holy rollers. Anybody ever called a holy roller? Amen. They used to, I, and I used to hear things when I went to school. I mean, we were a, we were a small church back in the day. And uh, traditional faith ruled the land. Amen, Roseanne Basil? And yet, it's interesting what God has done here. We're looking at churches, mainstream religion that ruled the land, and many of those churches have been liquidated at auctions now. Let me tell you, if God is in it, it will only flourish. Because he moves us from faith to faith and glory to glory. Amen? Amen. And so I remember, you know, they call us holy rollers back then. Remember those days? Holy rollers. I mean, and I, used to, I asked people, what is, I, one time I was standing 
in the lobby of our old church. And it, you guys, I mean, this was so small. Like, we got big old fancy chandeliers out there. Our old church had one 60-watt light bulb. <laughs> Amen. Honestly, I'm not making this up. It still has it. The Baptist church got it now. Amen. Praise God. We sold it to them and moved on. And, and uh, anyway, I was standing there with my father. And uh, it was like, you know, 9, 30, 10 o'clock on a Sunday night. We were tired. We had, we had a, week, a week of ministry. And, you know, we were going to probably go get something to eat as the custom. We still do. And we're locking the door. And all of a sudden, uh, something hits the door like a machine gun. Pow, 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 pow. And it was somebody, some kids went by and threw a bunch of eggs on the front door. And I remember growing up like that, you know. And I'm not breaking out a violin. Let me tell you something. I am very, very extremely proud of my Pentecostal heritage. And I ain't backing up. And the future looks very bright. But people didn't understand us because Satan had lied to them and said, it's some kind of a weird thing. You don't want to go over there. They're going to make you speak in tongues, you know. They're holy rollers, you know. And so one day I asked kids at school, because some kids would make fun of me back then, you know. Now I get to make fun of the devil. <laughs> Amen. What, what is a holy roller? And so I got my buddies, and one guy said, well, we heard that. Are you sure you don't mind we tell you the truth? I said, no, I want to know. We're like 13 years old. People roll down the aisle in your church. <laughs> Did you ever hear this? Really? That's what they call That's how they call us, holy rollers? I thought it was maybe we had roller skates on, man. We were like, you know, rolling around the church. Or I don't know. I don't know. Uh, no, no. They roll down the aisle. I said, really? I've never seen this before, but I wish somebody would. <laughs> I think it would do some good for some people to get up and roll. Amen? Praise God. So it's not some weird thing that the enemy has tried to... See, the enemy knows if he can equate that to some kind of weird, abstract box somewhere that you will forfeit the greatest blessing that God has for you called a spirit-filled life. A life of empowerment instead of defeat and discouragement. Can you say amen? amen? Be filled with the Holy Ghost and fire. Be filled with the Holy Ghost and fire. The Bible repeatedly, be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen? And so he is my helper. He's my friend. Here's my last point. He's my God. He's my God. It's part of the Trinity. You don't, you don't ever talk down something that is of God. What is a church? A church is an establishment of God. Think about that. In its most purest of definitions. Think about this. The Holy Spirit is equal. It's God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Remember? We used to sing this. We believe in God the Father. We believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in the Holy Spirit. Why? Because He's given us new life. Amen? We believe in the crucifixion. We believe that it goes again. We believe in the resurrection. And He's coming back. He's coming back again. He's coming back again. We believe. We believe. He's my God too. Amen, Lynn? He's our God. He's a very present help in time of trouble. You hear the word cancer. Terry, we get to call upon our helper. And He picks us up where we belong. Amen? He picks us up and he carries us through storms. I don't know what people do without the Holy Spirit. And listen, I want to say this to you in love, folks. I'm almost done. 
You are the sum total of who it is you're allowing to speak in your ears. You might want to write that down. Who are you allowing to have access to your window, to your ear gate? Jesus said, watch this, the eyes and the ears are a window gate to the soul. When I was a kid, they used to sing it in Sunday school. We used to sing it to our three boys growing up. Now we sing it to our grandkids. Are you ready? It's going to sound really corny. I promise I won't tell you corny things like, before you check your email, check your email. Okay, I won't do that. That's corny. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, couldn't We used to sing this when I was a kid. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. I mean, remember that one. Careful, little ears, what you hear. For the Father up above is looking down in love. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. How about this one? Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. For the Father up above is looking down in love. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. How about this one? Oh, be careful, little mouth, what you Oh, be careful, little mouth, what you Makes sense, doesn't it? Looking down in love, be careful, little mouth, what you say. There's some deep theology there. It's not just a nursery rhyme. That's serious, listen, serious theological profound truths concerning your life. You know why? Because you're the sum total of who you've allowed to speak in your life. I'm going to make a real radical statement. So if you, you know, just, just curl your toes, okay? Fasten your seatbelt. One time I was going to preach in the, in, I think we first built the church, Basil. And I don't know if you remember this, you said, give it to him good today, Terry. Give it to him good preacher, amen? Praise God. But listen, this is true. I want to help you, amen? You go to the doctor and there's something wrong with you, you want to know about it, right? careful who you listen to. Here's a statement. The Bible will tell you a lot of things, but it won't tell you everything about your life. It won't. Listen, it'll tell you what you should do when you're married. Agreed? Husbands, love your wife as Christ. Look, come on, Ephesians, I can get into all that, okay? Watch this. It will not tell you who to marry. Pretty important decision, wouldn't you think, folks? Like the second most important decision a man or a woman will ever make is who they'll marry. First is will you receive Christ or not? Third is where are you gonna do what are you gonna do for a vocation, right? So that's why, listen, that's why we have to be dialed into the voice of the Holy Spirit. Because let me tell you, I, I'm at a place in my life that I would rather be at odds with you and in favor with God. I'm too old to care. I really am. I, I, let me say it like this. I, I, I can't afford to waste time. Neither can you. Doing something God never designed for me to do. Does that make sense? Pastor Laurie, Kevin, had that ministry called Blueprints. Right? And, and it comes up a lot. It's just interesting to me in the spirit. But God has a designed blueprint for you. Amen? For me, for all of us to live our lives by. We can't afford not to be walking circumspectly before the Lord in the path that he has illuminated for us. How do we know which way to go? 
It's called a divine GPS. It comes through the word, but it also comes through prayer. I am convinced that probably 90% of people, even in this room, have no idea how to hear the voice of God. And listen, folks, if your life is full of clutter, if it's full of clamor, if it's, there's so much noise going on in your ears, you're never going to be able to hear what God has trying to say to you for years. You must hear the small voice of the Lord. I've had people tell me, oh, I'm just a loud person. Well, then study to be quiet. If you're taking notes, study to shut up. Be still and know that I'm God. Thank you. Psalm 46 and 10. One of my favorite verses. In quietness and calmness I receive from the Lord. We've got to get quiet before him. We've got to get to a quiet place in our life. The enemy is a master in diversionary tactics. One of the big ones is called a cell phone. Called a smartphone. I'm really wondering how smart they actually are. Is this helping anybody here today? How many of you want to know what God, what God, what door he wants you to walk through? You know, amen? And if you're listening to people, and somebody says, I think we ought to, I think we ought to, you know, we're gonna go to another church. Okay. You better make sure that God spoke to you personally. Not just somebody's idea. Be careful, little mouth, what you say. God hates gossip. Proverbs 17. Do I need to quote many more scriptures about it? How about this one? The seven things he hates. One is he that sows discord amongst the brethren. And I'm finding that there are people that don't have a heritage, and that's okay like we have... But what's happened is the enemy will come. Watch this. And he'll speak in your ear. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so you'll take that and just, if you're impetuous, you'll just act upon it. And you'll do stuff too quick. And how many know haste makes waste? Be still and know that I'm God. Yeah, but you know, I think that, 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 that little hallway conversations, people whispering in the dark somewhere. Let me tell you something. God doesn't operate in the dark. He operates in the light. And it's nice and bright in here. Can you say amen? amen? Be careful who you're listening to. Be careful who you're speaking to. What you're saying concerning your life. The words that you speak, Jesus said, will either justify you or condemn you by your very own words. You literally can hang yourself with your tongue. If you don't believe me, read James chapter 2. It'll set a forest on fire. I want to hear the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you something, folks. I know who I am in Christ. And I know what God wants me to do. Now, listen, I don't have to pray about every decision, okay? Like, in other words, if you want to buy a new suit and you can afford the suit, just buy the suit, okay? Don't be some weirdo, okay? I've had people tell me some of the craziest things I've ever heard in my life. Have you ever met anybody like this? I, I, I pull in here, like, as soon as they come in, they're talking a mile a minute, like, oh, God, like, go pray or something, will you? Amen? Everybody's like that? I pulled in here this morning and bless God, you know, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise like a wind-up doll. Like, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, you know. I pulled in here this morning and God told me to, to park in that parking spot. I was going to park in that one next to it, but I decided to park right over here. And I know God told me, God told me, God told me. God told me what color socks to put on my feet. And God told me I'm going to come in here, what seat to sit in. Then God told me what, you know, what type of pizza to have at lunch. And then God told me, God didn't say nothing, just shut up, okay? Just shut up. Be still. You're driving the rest of us crazy. <laughs> Study to shut up. 
That ain't God. God doesn't care what kind of suit you can. If you can afford it, buy it. Well, I had to, I had to consult God. I was in a shot. I get the red blazers. I get the, I'm, I'm going to call a friend, you know, where two or three are gathered. God ain't even any part of that. He could care less. I mean, Joyce Meyer one time, I was, <laughs> I was listening to Joyce. I was out in Phoenix, and she was speaking at Pastor Tommy's 30th, Tommy Barnett's 30th uh, ministry school, 30 years of ministry school. It was awesome. It was like 15,000 people. Joyce Meyer doing the afternoon session. I mean, I, I skipped lunch just so I could get a good seat. Amen? And she said, you know, I was asking the Lord. You know how Joyce says that Midwestern drawl? I was asking the Lord, God, is it okay? Do you mind if I get a facelift? <laughs> she said, God said, Joyce, it's your face. Do whatever you want, okay? That makes you happy. Just do whatever you want, please. Let's not be so overly spiritual. Some of us are so overly spiritual about trivial matters. And then about the important things, we just want to get somebody to give us a confirmation. We need a confirmation. I need a confirmation. I'm going to run over here because I'm going to get a confirmation from this person. Yeah, it's a confirmation. Hey, we got a confirmation. You know what? Yeah, we're going to leave the church. We're going to start a ministry over here. It's a confirmation. We just got a couple people. It must be God. It's not God. It's you. And I would be very careful. It's probably the enemy of your soul trying to get you off the highway to the blessing of God and get you down off the ditch somewhere into the woods, the hood is up on your car, now you got a mushroom cloud of smoke coming out and you're frustrated saying, where in the world is God in all this? God is saying, hello, pick up the GPS. Get back on track. And how that happens, listen, I'm closing. How that happens is being around the tangible presence of the Lord. Now I'm telling you, I came in here this morning at 9 a.m. and these kids on this team, they, they, not only are they gifted musically, come on, but they're anointed of God. And I, I heard little Kava up there singing. How old is she? 19? She's a teenager, right? From the youth group. It came up, your promise still stands. Great is that. And this week, listen, when God is moving like that, worship team, come back. When God is moving, take special note. Everybody look this way. Talk about hearing the voice of God, being dialed into the right frequency. Amen? How many of you want to hear his voice? I'm trying to help you here. Shut the phone off. Get, you know, get to a quiet place. If you get in a weekend service like this, in a place where the Holy Spirit's moving, Jerry Savelle's coming to town in a couple of weeks. Praise God. It's going to be amazing. The place will be filled up. Get in a place where God, the Holy Spirit, is allowed to move and have his way. And here's what will happen to you. Watch. We'll sing a song. I, it, it could be anything. And all of a sudden, how many of you just have felt the tangible presence of the Lord come into the room? Amen. You know, there's a scripture in Psalms where it says, God comes and sits down amongst his people. Amen. Our Asian brothers and sisters, in their translation, it says God gets himself a great big chair and he sits there. He dwells. Isn't that beautiful? In the midst of his people. Where he's welcome, he'll show up. Watch. Everybody look this way. Take special note of that song. Take special note of that feeling, that sensation that feels like caught. Like, and we all have different reactions, okay? It's like if you saw an accident out here on Route 6, everybody would have different things. Somebody said, man, we've got to make a phone call. Somebody got there to help. Somebody else would, you know, whatever. Go and tell somebody. For me, and not always, but generally speaking, folks, and, and we're all different. I'm not saying you have to do this. When God's moving, 
many times I just lift my hands and, and I feel the, the intense, like the heat of God. Is, is this making sense to anybody here but me and Jesus? And all of a sudden, John, tears will just start. It's like I can't even explain it. Because some things cannot be taught. They have to be caught. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Some of you, I could see the illumination coming in your eyes. It's like a mom that goes to the doctor. And the doctor says, and this actually happened with us with Kyle when he was just a baby. There's nothing wrong with him. There's nothing wrong. My wife said, there's something wrong, and I know it as his mother. That's the Holy Spirit. My boys were getting married, and one of them said to me, Dad, how do you know when you meet the right person? You know, How do you know that it's who God wants you to spend the rest of your life with? And I remember saying, buddy, I, I don't know how to tell you, but watch this. Everybody look this way. You'll just know it. You know why? If you're in prayer, if you're in worship, if you're dialed into the Holy Spirit, he searches, listen, yea, the deep things of God. The natural man cannot receive the things of God. They, they, they relegate it down to, oh, that's the, that's the assembly of God. I'm Catholic. I'm, it has nothing to do with God at all. Those are men's labels. We're talking about your personal walk with Jesus, with the Savior. That God literally will light up the way for you through prayer. You'll know. You'll know. God, you'll just know it inside, beyond the shadow of a doubt. Can I tell you, when I met my wife, and I'm not trying to embarrass her, when I met her, guy, in our old church, she was nine years old. I can literally tell you what she was wearing. And I was like, a Royal Ranger, she was a missionette. Bonnie, thank God for girls only, I guess they call them, right? And I remember meeting her, and we had these little swinging doors in our old church. Remember them downstairs? Little, I don't know what they like Western Saloon or something. And I remember coming through Joe on a Wednesday night. I'd never even seen her before, and I almost headbutted her. And, and I was like, that's my girl. Now, it took a long time after that. I was only like 13. And I thought she was, this is the one for me. And she thought I was very weird. <laughs> Hence my second point, amen? By the way, guys, there's another name for your wives. It's called the Holy Spirit. Amen. Would you stand with me tonight? I want you just, please, just remain right here, just for a moment. We're almost done. I want everybody to just lift your hands, just like this. Go ahead. Just lift your hands. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Forget who's on the platform. I want you to say, God... Fill me with the Holy Ghost and fire. I want to make decisions that are led by your Spirit. Help me, Lord, to listen and to be attentive for the still small voice of the Lord.
Hey guys, we hope you enjoyed that message. And if you did, take a photo of you listening and tag us on your social. Thanks again for joining us. We love you, God loves you, and may God's richest blessing be yours.